Well, it's now the second most heartbreaking 2-0 loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins in team history, but the Preds couldn't quite find a way to get on the scoreboard against the Pens. However, one big bright spot in the game, UC Soros. Talk about his performance today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast available to you wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Somewhere. And I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. All right. Well, first off, uh, I would like to offer an apology uh, for two things. Okay. One is saying that the Pittsburgh Penguins' weakness has been goaltending. <laughs> uh, my bad, Tristan Jari. Uh, and number two, who I would like to apologize for Mikhail Granlund for saying that man does not shoot the puck uh, because he let all penguins in shots on goal last night with five. Okay, actually, here's I think, actually take that back. Crosby had more, uh, but Granlund second on the team in shots with five. Yeah, which here's... I think might have been five more than he had this entire season. <laughs> <laughs> Like, here's what I will say about your apologies. When it comes to the goaltending one, you weren't wrong because we did talk about the fact that sometimes, like, they're so inconsistent. Jari, it's it's like we've talked about that nursery rhyme. When he's good, he's very good. And when he's bad, he's naughty. Like, when Jari is good, he's very good. But there are times where he is very inconsistent. So I would say half an apology. Okay. And then Mikhail Granlin, you know, he listened to us yesterday and was like, oh, this is not going to be the narrative tonight, friends. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. And UC Saros was like, hey, it's so great to see you, but not today, Satan. Yeah. UC Saros shutting the door. Uh, I feel like the, the conversation about this game starts and ends with him. Uh, mm-hmm. Although, you know, to be fair, there were a, a couple of bright spots and a couple of big old negative spots for the Nashville Predators as well. Let's run through this game, shall we? Uh, luckily, there's not much to run through. <laughs> uh, no scoring in the first. Jason Zucker scored halfway through the second period to put the pens up one to nothing. Predators pushed a little bit. UC Saros kept this one close, did everything he could to keep the Preds in it. But Jay Gensel got a power play goal. Towards the end of the third period, 2 nothing Penguins, the final score. Uh, UC Saros wound up with 43 saves on, on 45 shots. He did everything he could in this game to keep it close. And what's one word to describe this game? I'm actually reusing a one word, but full disclosure, very different context. So hear me out. My one word is strawberry pretzel salad, which we've had a lot of conversations about. It does sound good. Yeah, it's my favorite food, but I'm using it in this context. So a lot of you know, I grew up in Pennsylvania 
love my extended family. I have a huge extended family. We're, we're like the Bylers, like the Amish. Like we just, it's a large, large family. We get together every summer on my uncle's farm for a family reunion. My cousin Ken makes a giant nine by 13 pan of strawberry pretzel salad, mostly for me. I let the other cousins eat it. This summer, after this game, I have a new plan for the family reunion. I am going to go up. I am going to steal the nine by 13 pan of strawberry pretzel salad. I'm going to hide in the barn and I'm going to eat it directly out of the pan (laughs) because I do not want to listen to my penguins, fans, cousins who full disclosure, I adore them. They're wonderful folks, but I do not want to have to listen to we beat the predators in both games this season. Y'all a whole nine by 13 right out. I'm not slicing it. I'm not plating it. I'm eating it right out of the pan because that's, what's going to get me through this family reunion because the predators could not even beat the penguins once this season kills me. Yeah. I like the, what you put on there. It's like, yeah, I love my family, but also screw my family (laughs) for myself. Damn the consequences. People. Look, family ties are very, very tight. I'm very close with my family. But if you put a 9 by 13 of strawberry pretzel salad and the Pittsburgh Penguins on the table, all bets are off, friends. All bets are off. It just goes all downhill from there. All downhill. So I will be in Uncle Jim's barn eating the 9 by 13 strawberry pretzel salad so I don't have to hear about how great the Penguins are. Because they weren't super in this game. Okay. I, I'm, I said what I said, Nick. I said what I said. I I mean, I'm going to have another hot take on this a little bit later. Okay. Uh, because I, th- I think we, you and I were talking where you didn't think the Preds played all that inspiring. Mm-hmm. I disagree. I kind of think the Predators had some pretty good chances in this one and ran into some good goaltending. Uh, we should minus, talk about it later. Minus one big thing I think we're going to talk about. Yeah. This. Uh, to me, and my one word is group project. Oh. Because everybody flashes back to high school. And UC Soros is like the aid student who got put in the group project with like the class burnouts. Oh, yeah. Like he's like sitting in there with Molly Ringwald in the Breakfast Club while trying <laughs> to like put it like while trying to put together like this diorama on space or something like that. Yes. Uh, and, you know, everybody else is like sitting in the back talking, making jokes, laughing at the word Uranus, <laughs> uh, making jokes. And UC Saros is like, hey, I would kind of like an A on this. <laughs> Can somebody please help me do something? And it's like UC Cyrus's part knocked it out of the park. Like, yes. fantastic. Yes. Uh, the rest of the team was like fine, but not great. And as a result, it brought the group uh, group grade down to, I don't know, what would you say? C plus, B minus. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. Like, uh, and again, it's, I don't think this game was a d or an f or anything like that no the predators certainly had their chances but yeah this was the group project uc saros was the superstar you know 43 saves on 45 shots single-handedly did everything he could to keep the nashville predators in this thing 
Uh, it just wasn't enough to compensate for the team in front of them not scoring. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have like a twitchy group project from your past that you just can't let go? Um, probably. Yeah. I just, I just think that's such a great universal, horrible experience that every time I hear people talk about group projects in college, it was referred to as cooperative learning. And, you know, I get a little twitchy. Yeah. Yeah. UC Soros 100% carved the moon out of butter, including the Sea of Tranquility on this one. And still somehow came away with like a C. It's not carved, fair. The, carved the moon out of butter? What? Yeah. For like the project, for the presentation, I think. You know, have you ever seen people that do, they carve statues out of hunks of butter? They're incredible. No. Was, oh, that like, group, was that a group project you had? I wish I would have nailed that. I would have nailed that one. No. Yeah. What What do you do if the butter just melts? Well, you keep it at a certain temperature so it doesn't. Because oh. otherwise, I mean, oh. that's just. That's I mean, it sounds good. great. I'm just very confused where the butter statue came in. Yeah, like, there's like a whole there's a whole competition, and it may be in Wisconsin. Okay deep dive gonna look into this there's a whole like super competitive artistic wow competition of butter carving statues that does sound like a very wisconsin thing to exist yeah, yeah. uc soros did that folks in the game last night and somebody on the team made toast and hacked off the moon and spread it on there and ate it <laughs> that's what happened yeah. Uh, and his name was Mikhail Granlund. From the <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, more to talk about this game in a second, because UC Saros, the bright spot. I oh, think yes. we all agree on that, that he single-handedly kept this game. Uh, but, of course, the Predators lost 2 to nothing, so there's some things that need to be worked on. One thing in particular, and I know you would most certainly like to dive into. Yes. We'll do that in just one second. First, though, I want to mention today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. We know what this weekend is, right? Last four teams of the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Can't really say what it is because of, you know, contract stuff. But hey, if you want to put some money on it, you can use FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And if you haven't used FanDuel before, perfect time for new customers. And that's because FanDuel's giving new customers no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars. That's a thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wait on anything money line, point spreads, which team will be cutting down the nets when it's all said and done, how many points certain players are going to have. And you can do it all on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join a FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, Anne, one of the sore spots of this game, and I think one of the sore spots for the vast majority of the 2023 NHL season, let's talk about the power play, shall we? I mean, yes, we really should talk about the power play. I had so much angst over this game 
over this power play. I mean, you can attest to this because Nick and I were chatting back and forth after the game about the podcast. And I was a bit of a donkey on the edge. I turned on some Snoop Dogg and I worked through my big feelings. But this power play is really a thing for the Nashville Predators. And what is frustrating is that there was a brief time and space in mid-February where this power play was really cooking. And I have felt so frustrated because you bring up these young guys from Milwaukee, but the young guys that you brought up from Milwaukee are players who have a lot of experience in Milwaukee on the power play. And we've seen Phil Tomasino. We've seen Luke Evangelista. We've seen Cody Glass. You know, we've seen these players step in and play on the man advantage. Kiefer Sherwood is somebody who I don't think looking at the Predators bench, you'd go, there's a good power play guy, but this is somebody who's got experience. And last night, I was so frustrated by this power play. Remember that the Predators went 0 for 5 against Boston. Couldn't get anything happening on the power play again last night. And and what is going wrong? And then it sort of dawned on me in the middle of some snoop. What, What you have to remember is that right now the Nashville Predators power play, and this brought me a little bit of comfort, is playing without... Philip Forsberg, it's playing without Roman Yossi, and it's playing without Matt Duchesne. And I took solace in the fact that at least we're seeing these younger guys from Milwaukee getting set up on the power play at times. Because can we all agree that there have been times, stretches in this season, where the Nashville Predators couldn't even get set up on the power play? Yeah. You know, but this is one of those things. I remember Matthias Eckholm making a statement one time that really stuck with me. And he said, the reason that the Nashville Predators were so successful in the Stanley Cup finals and in that stretch and in the President's Trophy year was the power play. Yeah, it is absolutely. an advantage. And the Nashville Predators have not been able to capitalize on that advantage. And they're losing games by one goal, two goals. And I'm like, y'all... This season turns around if you get that power play going. It's so frustrating. And that was the big key to why Nashville was so hot at the beginning of last season. Yes. It was because of the power play. I mean, they were one of the best power play teams, even at the end of the season, but one of the best power play teams in the entire NHL. Uh, And you saw how important that can be. Just, you know, one goal with a man advantage. Uh, So, and here's, here's a stat. Uh, since March 13th, oh no, the Preds have played 10 games, one power play goal. Woof. One power play goal in the last 10 games, uh, which, believe it or not, came against the Toronto Maple Leafs of all teams. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, this is, this is an issue for the team. And I know you're losing a lot of your key guys on the power play, either via trade or injury right now. I agree with you. I, it looks like the team is set up, right? The power play has good structure. There's some good movement. They're just doing everything, but score. And I'm, I'm watching some of these games on repeat and I can't quite put my finger on it because you know, they're, they're set up well. They get that first thing into the zone. They set up well. There's good movement. I think maybe a lot of it is there's not a lot of second chance opportunities. 
And maybe that's something the Preds need to work on. Um, you know, they're, like I said, you know, they're set up well, all that good junk. They get that shot. It's cleared out of the zone. Uh, and the Preds either have another one and done again, or they just can't quite get set up to where they were at the start of their power play. You know, you see some really good teams, you know, like Tampa Bay, Colorado teams with really good power plays. What'll happen is, you know, they'll get, you know, they'll get a shot on goal. It's saved. Puck goes behind the net. There's somebody there to win that puck battle. Yes. And they get back to the defense and they kind of reset and keep the pressure on. Uh, or, you know, the other team will try to clear it and there'll be enough pressure that they'll either, you know, kind of bank it off the boards, throw it to the center of the ice. And there's a defender there to keep that puck in. Right. That's what good power plays do because you just keep putting pressure on that team. And even if there's, and even if like the goalie finally just, you know, covers it up with the glove blocker, whatever gets a face off, you at least have a face off in that offensive zone where you have an opportunity to set up again, you're putting a lot of pressure on that defense. That's something that I don't think this predators power play have structurally. They're really good. As you mentioned, they're setting up well, there's movement, when they're set up, they're doing a lot of things well. It just doesn't seem like they're getting a lot of second and third opportunities kind of in the same cycle, in the same zone. So that to me, maybe that's that's a big red flag where you either have to have somebody win those puck battles and uh, you know get that or you know maybe somebody in the blue lines got to do a better job of kind of positioning to block a shot from going out or, or block, right. you know, an exit opportunity. Yeah. I like what you're saying there. I think you may be onto something. I think it's about sustained pressure. <laughs> and last night in the game, not, you know, Nashville really were in situations that were one and done on the power play. And they also gave up some shorthanded opportunities. All hail UC Soros for being the bacon saver of the night again in those situations. But I do think that you're onto something. I think there's something about, sustained pressure on the power play because it looks good. It doesn't look horrific. You can see improvements on it, but I think there, I think sustained pressure might be the key. You might be onto something. I may sleep better tonight without listening. Just to it. Uh, did I just uh, unlock the key to a healthy night's sleep for you? <laughs> it, it's got to be a good start. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. So let's go back to the hot take. I, for me, just a mid take. Uh, mm-hmm. At the beginning of the show, which was, you didn't think the Penguins played all that good. I, I did. Don't, I don't think that they started all that good. When you watched this game, you are looking at how many, like $37 million worth of players versus, you know, the five and dime Woolworths version, you know, the yeah. Dollar General version. And I felt like Nashville for a lot in a lot of areas was really matching the Penguins game for game. I think part of that, though, was a confidence thing for Pittsburgh because things have been a little bit rocky for them. Once Pittsburgh got that first goal, that unlocked something for the Penguins. And that's where I feel like after that goal in the second period by Zucker, I feel like the Predators started having to chase the game a little bit more than they did. I felt like as I watched this game unfolding, I looked at the Penguins and and no, you know, Northwestern Pennsylvania bias, but I thought this doesn't look like a playoff caliber team. 
as the game went on, they got ahead of the Nashville Predators. But I have to say, I didn't look at them and think this is a team that's going to play their way deep into the playoffs. Fair. That's fair. Um, you know, to me, on the other side, I think the Predators stepped up to match them. You know, and again, I think you're right in saying the game kind of got away from them after that first goal. And they kind of had to settle down. They turned it back on towards the end of the game. But at that point, it was too little too late. Right. But I thought this was a case of the Predators stepping up in what was, you know, wound up being a pretty big game for both teams. You know, again, Pittsburgh trying to hang on to that wild card spot. Predators trying to get back into it. Again, for those that say like playoffs aren't a question for the Preds, remember they entered this game with more wins and the same number of points as Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Come on. If that tells you how wild this season has been. <laughs> um, but no, I think it was the Predators stepping up and playing a meaningful game. And again, I, I think it wound up being the Penguins after that first goal they got going. Some of the guys like Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin realized, hey, where's Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin? <laughs> and we're playing against the Milwaukee Admirals. Yeah. And I think they stepped on the gas, but I think there is a lot of people, not just UC Soros, that rose to the occasion in this one. Mm -hmm. You know, a player who really has stood out to me recently and also again last night who's not going to get a lot of credit. And I know what everybody's going to say when I say this name. Y'all, I know what you're going to say. Cole Smith. Cole Smith. I mean, let's just talk about that. Look, this game solely belongs to UC Soros. Credit to UC Soros. But I do want to give a shout out to somebody like Cole Smith because Cole Smith is winning the board battles. Cole Smith is on the penalty kill, which Nashville's penalty kill really has been executing very well, considering what they have lost through injury and trade. These guys have stepped up. Players like Cole Smith have really stepped up. His game, it is not flashy. He is not going to be Philip Forsberg 2.0. He is not trying to outshine Luke Evangelista when it comes to offense. But what you need somebody to do, Cole Smith is doing that. Um, so let's, let's give a shout out to these players who are, you know, he's been kind of a lightning rod for reasons that have nothing to do with him or his game, but yeah. there are players in a very challenging circumstance who are stepping up and making the most of their opportunities. And I thought Cole Smith had a really good game last night. Yeah. I, I agree. I think he's somebody that stepped up his game. Uh, I saw another really good game from Dante Fabro. Yes. As well. Yes. Uh, this is a guy that got in front of a lot of players, a lot of shots. Uh, you know, he did go out and I think throw his body around, try to win some puck battles. Mm -hmm. uh, he was on the power play, which, you know, doesn't see that great <laughs> in context of everything we just said about the power play. But, but 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 I think like he wasn't the main problem of the Predators not scoring on the power play. Um, but he's somebody that I think overall he's stepped up his game with guys like UC or you know Roman Yossi yes. out of the lineup and guys like Matthias Ekholm not there anymore and uh, Alexander Carrier who has kind of passed him on the organizational depth chart not. Yeah. You know, Dante Fabro, there's a lot of people that I think raise their eyebrows 
a little bit when the Predators re-signed him. Yes. You know, for one reason or the other, whether it was surprise because he seemed most likely to get traded or the fact that, you know, maybe they don't see him fitting in a longer term. But I think, you know, you see what he's done when he's thrown in the fire here. And, um, you know, I think he's a more mature defenseman than the the 2019 20 season when he was kind of also thrown in the fire and you could tell yes. there were just moments that were maybe too big for him. I think that's happened again this year. You know, he's been thrown into a role that maybe he's not quite best suited for, but this time around he's a little older, a little more mature. He's figured out kind of the strengths and weaknesses of his game and he has been able to step up and rise to the occasion. And I think that's a statement that you can make about this Predators team, which, look, I hate. There are some things I really hate in hockey, and losing to the Penguins is one of them. I hate losing to the Penguins. But here is what you can say about this Nashville Predators team. This is a team that has really been through a season of adversity, whether it's losing your veterans in the trade, restructuring, resetting, whatever verb you want, this team. You've lost so many great players to injury. You've called up great players. This is a team that's really walking through this season of fire and they're getting better for it. Like they're, even though they lost to Pittsburgh, there is no, um, they're not hanging their heads. They're not going in and playing defeated. And you know what? That's something we saw from some veterans earlier in the season. And you've got this young team coming in and, and they're, they know, they're not foolish. They know how hard this challenge is, but they're embracing it and accepting it. And so credit to this Predators team, pieced together as it is, um, because I think in the long run, what they're going through right now is going to make this team better, faster. Yeah, 100% agree with you. And I think maybe this gives them a little bit of a jump start. Mm -hmm. uh, into, into building towards next season. Yep. Now we head to this weekend and, yes. and this is going to be a big one for the Nashville Predators. St. Louis blues tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and Hey, you know, so remember St. Louis was kind of in the same position as Nashville traded all their people. Uh, and all of a sudden the blues are absolutely red hot uh, at the moment. Uh, they have one, Let's see here. Six of their last 10 on a two game winning streak. Come on. So, yeah, yeah I mean, this is going to be another opportunity. Remember, this was when we were talking about the, the Preds remaining schedule. The Blues were the one remaining team not in the playoff hunt uh, that the Predators had on their schedule. Everybody else from here on out currently has a playoff spot. And all of a sudden you run in the Blues and all of a sudden the Blues are a red hot team. So they this are. is going to be another case of the Predators being able to be at home at Bridgestone Arena in front of your own crowd playing what is probably going to wind up being a very, you know, important, very physical playoff-like atmosphere. Yeah. You have an opportunity to do that if you're a, this young Nashville Predators team. And you 
say that this is a team that's not in the playoffs, but this is not a team to overlook. Next week's schedule is atrocious for the Nashville Predators, but the Predators cannot overlook tomorrow's game at noon. It's a noon game, just so everybody knows. Against the Blues, like you said, they've won six of their last eight games. And this is a team that can score. They are averaging four, what is it, 4.2 goals for per game in March. They are losing games while still scoring three goals, five goals, six goals. So this is going to be a defensive challenge. We're going to need, again, great goaltending. I would suspect maybe we will see um, not Saros. I wonder if Saros will rest this game and, you know, maybe we'll see Lankin in. That's just, I'll talk to John Hines when he calls. Yeah. And we'll, we'll hash it out together. Um, but this is a game where the defense is going to need to step up. And this is a game where the power play needs to get it get it going. This is an opportunity to get it going because St. Louis's penalty kill is 28th in the league. Let's take advantage of the man advantage. Please. Yeah. Uh right there with you on. <laughs> um yeah, so that is a Saturday afternoon game tomorrow at Bridgestone Arena. I expect a very loud atmosphere. Not only is it, you know, for still being in the playoff hunt, somehow some way but it's also against the st louis blues probably gonna see jordan bennington there's a lot for preds fans to cheer for in this case so yeah. this is i think going to be a very intense game with a lot going for it blues certainly you know they're probably out of the playoff race at this point but they certainly have i think something to prove as well sure. uh so we will be back monday because as hand referenced, oh, oh buckle up, week, friends. Does next week get crazy for the Preds? Back to back against the Stars and Vegas Golden Knights, Carolina Hurricanes, one of the best teams in the West. And then the game Saturday that is honestly the season at this yeah. point uh, the Winnipeg Jets at Winnipeg. So the sounds Preds, so fun. <laughs> yeah. So the Preds have a gauntlet next yeah. week. We will be back Monday to preview the week ahead. Anne, where can people find your work? You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at Anne K underscore Mama on Ice. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. You can find me somewhere else that I hope to maybe talk about on Monday, possibly Tuesday have to dot some I's and cross some T's and all that good stuff. But for now, find me at uh, underscore NS Morgan. And if you want to go back and read my work, go to on the Uh Also be sure to follow the podcast, L O underscore predators. And however you're listening to us, whether you're watching us on YouTube, listening on your favorite podcasting platform, be sure to hit that subscribe button really helps us out with the numbers there. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back Monday with all new episodes. We'll see you then.